Hi, everyone. My name is Jay, and welcome to Fall Down's Misfits and Warriors Addiction Stories. I'm really happy to be here. Happy you're listening. Uh, I'd love to introduce my co-host, the wonderful Miss Celeste Huntley. Hello, Hi. everyone. Hi, Celeste. Hey, um, Jay. Yay. So if uh, those of you who don't know her story, she was featured in episode one, and I suggest you listen to it. It's both heartbreaking and triumphant. It's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So Celeste, how are you doing? I am doing well. I finally made it to the East Coast. So I just traveled from the NWT and met with you, did the podcast in Toronto. And I'm just settling in here home in Cape Breton, getting ready to go back to university here in January. So things are things are looking up. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. See, this is one of the, the I guess, the uh, uh, rewards of recovery is getting to meet people like Celeste. Um, who I had never met until until <laughs> last week, but we we had been friends for years, a couple of years now on mm-hmm. Facebook. Finally, got to meet in person, right? Right, and uh, that kind of segues into the into our next guest, John, who um, who I uh, I met on Facebook as well. Another member of recovery. I've never I've never met him in person, and the first time we ever talked was yesterday, which is pretty cool. Um, so I guess uh, introducing uh, the guest of this week's episode, episode number two, John, John Spencer. Hey, Jay. Hey, Celeste. How are you both? Hey, John. Hi, John. This is so, actually really cool. I need to I need to say this, though. Like last week, the first podcast, Jay, you and I sat in a car in Toronto in person and did it together. And here we are a week later. We've got John in, I can't remember, in BC, uh, Surrey. Right, John? Yeah, yeah, you're in Surrey. Jay, you're in Toronto, so like middle of the country, and I'm on the East Coast. So this is like a coast-to-coast podcast today, which is really freaking cool. Oh, that's awesome. The way you put that, yeah. So, John. Yes. um, You you have something to... I know know some of your story from uh, seeing it on Facebook before. Yeah. Yeah, so... um, uh, yeah celeste yes no john same thing Uh, you're uh you're a friend of mine on facebook so i've been following you a little bit but um yeah i guess episode two so it's time for you to tell us your story all right thank you to both of you yeah my name is john spencer i'm an alcoholic uh my sobriety date is uh, january uh, february 17th 2010 and this is my story um yeah, so as a young kid, I grew up uh, feeling out of place and, uh, you know, just strange and odd. And, you know, I had lots of learning disabilities. So at 13, when I picked up my first drink, you know, uh, it made me feel better. It made me feel like I belonged and I was, like, special and people actually liked me. It felt like and I could, you know, be part of something, right? And uh, the very first time I drank, you know, I blacked out, woke up and threw up. And the first thing I thought was, like, I want to do this again, you know, oh. Uh, you know, by age 17, I was alcoholic. I drank alcoholically. You know, I was drinking on the way to school. I was drinking all through school. And I was drinking definitely after school, right? Like, major alcoholic. Um, uh, got to the point where, like, basically, I really had just a couple of people that would hang around me. People didn't, I wasn't welcome anywhere. And, like, my family did not know what to do with me, right? Like, 17 years old and I'm just out of control like always in trouble getting arrested you know um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like just 
and I'm, and at the same time confused, like not knowing why I have to drink all the time. Like, why do I, why me? You know what I mean? Like, why do, no. do I have to drink when I wake up? Like, why mm-hmm. do I feel sick when I don't drink? Not knowing that it's a disease, right? And, uh, you know, so I, I luckily, you know, like make it through high school, graduate. And shortly after that, you know, at 21, you know, I meet my ex-wife, the mother of my three kids. And, you know, um, we get married and we have three kids. You know, I'm 26 years old with three kids and a wife and, like, yeah. never home. I, I can't take care of myself and there's no way I'm going to be able to take care of anybody else, right? Mm-hmm. And um, life is just absolutely out of control. Like, crime, uh, you know, full addiction, uh, family always looking for me, in and out of jail, in and out of the hospital, like this absolutely insane and you know my wife would at the time ex-wife would always threaten that she would she was gonna leave me and i'd always call her on him like well there's the door go ahead leave and you know i remember 2006 coming home and she's gone and the kids are gone and it's like now it's real right yeah it's really real and uh i remember not knowing what to do and uh my brother shows up to my house and go over to mom's house and you know they do the whole intervention thing with me and which that was new that I've never had that happen, you know, like either do this or we're out of your life kind of thing. And, you know, within three or four days, I'm in my first treatment, like my first like detox center, treatment center, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just crazy. Like I thought the people there were insane. Like they were nothing like me. I was not like them. Yeah. Why am I here? What's this all about? Right? Like <laughs> three days into the like, detoxing i'm like okay i got four more days and i'm out of here and the guy that my my worker is like no i think you should go to a treatment center after this i'm like and explains it to me and i'm like it's kind of like being in jail like that was scary to me right like what do you mean i gotta go live with 15 other guys and you know i have to stay there for at least 90 days like that's not that doesn't sound like a good deal to me right like (laughs) but at the same, same time i remember like what my family has said to me before I've gone there, right? Either you get sober and live a sober life or you're not going to be part of our lives, right? So the ultimatum. Sure, yeah, yep. so sure enough, here, here, here I'm going off to this recovery house and, you know, I get there and, uh, and I just start doing the deal, right? Like, I'm like, okay, we have to go to meetings. Okay, what are those? Like, I'm like, it's so brand new to me what are meetings well we just you go there and talk about like why we drank well that doesn't sound like any fun but okay like i'll, I'll go right and uh mm-hmm. so i start going and i remember being like a month sober and the guy at the house is looking at me and saying you know no one ever stays here and gets six months sober and i was like oh that sounds like a challenge well i'll do that right like yeah so i did i stayed and you know got six months sober right um and I continued to stay sober for for a bit for all the wrong re- reasons, right? Like I stayed sober because I thought I want my wife back and my kids back. I don't want my yeah. things back, you know. And I was wanting my life back, but I didn't want anyone to be on my back, right? So, at 19 months, three days, uh, I get loaded again. Like I made the decision. Uh, funny story about that is I went to go 12 step someone that day. Right. Mm-hmm. I went. I was on my way. It was like the third time I was going to 12, 12 up this guy, but I went alone. Like, you're not supposed to do that kind of thing alone. I went alone, and he was drinking. Yeah. And it sounded like a good idea when I got there, right? Like, I was just absolutely miserable. Like, I was not spiritually well. Like, yeah, 
stopped doing all the things that you're supposed to do in recovery. And I like, I drank, you know, and I come out of a two week blackout. Like I wake up one day and I'm like, what's going on? And the, the partner I'm with is like, you've been drinking for two weeks. And I'm like, no way. Like that's, that's not no way. And that's the truth of it. Right. Like, so um, here we go again, kind of thing. Right. Like, yeah, it's on. And I uh, woke up the demons and uh, I'm in this really unhealthy relationship. My family doesn't want nothing, anything to do with me. Everything they've told me before I got sober that time was you know, coming true. And uh, I decided to move off to Kelowna with her. That's where her family is. And, you know, misery loves company. Like she's miserable. Right. I might as well go with her. Like that's how I saw it. Right. Um, so the next like two and a half, three years of my life are just insane. I've gotten more trouble and like got arrested more and more times in the last two and a half, three years than I did the first 15 or 16 years, right? Like, like they say in the program, go out and all those jets came true for me, right? Like, um, you know, being with this new person, she introduced new drugs to me, like Oxycontins and Dilatos and all sorts of heroin type drugs. And, you know, I fell in love with them, you know, and uh, I end up overdosing two or three times, right? Like it's yeah. just insane. Um, like, uh, or getting drunk and passing out at the lake and like almost drowned a few times. It was like, God had better, had better and bigger plans for me. Right. Um, uh, you know, so I'm in this relationship and it's not like, it's at the point where we all, we have our own bedrooms and, you know, she's only sleeping with me if I'm giving her my drugs. It was like, that's right. how unhealthy my life had become. You know what I mean? Like, it's super unhealthy. It's not even a relationship anymore. It was like... Based on I, addiction, yeah. Yes, it was super unhealthy. And, like, when I did the steps, I like, was able to see all that, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, so I get arrested for, for the last time on, you know, February 12, 2010. And um, the officer who arrests me is, like, has the nerve to have, like, a decent conversation with me. And he's, like actually cares about me he says you know either john you need to leave here and get well or or amanda needs to leave here and get well because one of you is going to kill one another that's just how toxic this relationship is and uh, i heard that i absolutely heard that and it was like a moment of clarity for me it was like okay like if i don't get well i'm gonna die this miserable death and uh so i get arrested and get let out the same day and you know i'm i'm homeless like I'm not allowed to go back to where I'm fr- where I'm living. And that's the only place I have to go. I have no family out there. So I'm homeless. And uh, I know I think it was the 15th of February that year that I decided I'm going to commit suicide. Like, yeah. I have nowhere to go. I feel that no one loves me or wants me, so I'm going to kill myself. But, but uh, I have that, you know, I think about my kids for the first time in two years, right? Like thinking like what a coward if i go kill myself what a coward and give myself one more shot to try to be a better person and i know recovery works i've like i've been there i've tried it i've done it right and uh you know uh, i get money the next day and i get that hotel room once again you know with the hockey bag full of clothes everything i own in a bag of clothes and i look at myself in that uh you know that mirror not recognizing the person i'm looking at you know like mm-hmm. it's an empty shell of a human being and like I just, I, I, I just I remember the, the words I muttered. I'm like, please, God, anything about this, right? And, uh, yeah. you know, I ended up going to sleep after having a, like, two-hour hot shower because I hadn't showered in forever and uh, going to the probation office and, like, having this sit down with this probation officer and telling him, hey, here's the deal, man. Like, I'm homicidal. I'm suicidal. 
and like the recovery up here in Kelowna is a lot different than it is down on the coast. And like, there's like two recovery houses. I either need to get, go to one of those places or I'm going to die. And he just tells me to leave, leave his office and go out front and sit in the front. And so I do that. And like, I'm, I sit between these two guys and, uh, I'm just bawling, just like bawling because like life is like not worth living. And, uh, I guess he's watching me on the camera and called me back into the office and he goes, what's going on? I said, dude, if you don't let me go to the coast and get well, I'm going to die. And he kind of says, do you know who those two guys were you're sitting beside outside? And I said, no, one guy was like up on a murder beef and he like kind of slid to one side. And the guy on the other side of me was just caught for like causing all the, catching all the houses on fire in Kelowna at the time. Like there was 15 houses that went up that, that year, right? And he caught this guy and, like I, it didn't matter who was around. I was, I was just at my end, and uh, yeah. you know, he decides to let me go back to the coast. It was like, here we go, right? So uh, I jump in a cab and I make my way down to the Greyhound station, and you know, like God was working in my life, right? Um, the bus that I needed to take back to get back to to the coast was delayed twenty minutes. You know, like if I miss that bus, I have four hours to change my mind again. Right. Like things could be different. Like I have a four hour layover. I most likely would not have went to recovery. Like right. that's truth. I would have said, fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm going to get yeah. loaded. I'm going to fucking go do something stupid and die. Like that's where my mindset was. Wow. But I was able to get on that bus, right? And it was just a blur. I don't remember arriving and like Langley and I get off the bus and now I got to find this homeless shelter and. No more. I can't find. It. I'm walking in this field, and all of a sudden, there's this homeless shelter, and here I am, right? And uh, I know this recovery society, a society that I want to go to, and I can't remember the guy's name, and I'm not allowed to leave the house until Monday, anyhow. And you know, so all weekend, I'm just like in this room, like detoxing and like feeling like death, and you know, just wanting to like start this journey of recovery. And uh, Monday rolls around, and I am able to get the bus into Surrey and I get to this place called the Easy Delta Club. We call it the EDI here. Yeah. And uh, I walk in the door and here's God again. Like I walk right into the person who was my counselor at my first recovery house, you know, and I'm like, wow. And uh, her name's Susan. I'm like, Susan, where are you, where are you at? Like, I'll go to wherever you're at. I need to get sober. And she's, like, she goes, wow. And then the guy who runs the recovery house is sitting right there. His name's Gary. And uh, luckily they have one bed left, you know, like, that's just how my story went. I got that last bed, right? Like, wow. Everything um, kind of fell into place itself. Yes. It fell right into place. Now I'm in this, what they call the dungeon. It's literally like we're laying on mattresses on the on the cement. And there's four guys, <laughs> the four newest guys in the house. And we're all, all detoxing. And it's just like death downstairs. Oh. But I'm okay. And I, I remember for the first time I felt safe. Yeah. I, I knew everything was going to be okay. And, uh, you okay. know... I like couldn't sleep for the first three or four days and, you know, <clears throat> but I was willing to do whatever it took to get sober. Right. So we wake up in the morning and it's like, who wants to go to the morning meeting? And I'm like, I can barely like stand straight, but take me, like, take me with you. You know, like my first 90 days I had, a, I was only allowed to have a half a, half a cup of coffee. I, that's how bad I vibrated. That's how bad I shook. Like, it, like it was, I, I remember that stuff. That's part of the reason I stay sober, right? Like, I remember how bad it was. And that's yeah. important to me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember, like, in the first, like, uh, 
probably a year and a bit. I was in two sets of steps. Like my first two weeks of sobriety, I'm in a step group. And I was told, like, I couldn't, I couldn't focus and I couldn't read that just to come and participate with a group of men. And that's what I did. And it helped me keep me sober so I could do that second set of steps where I could actually do the work. Right. And that's what saved, that was my saving grace was actually being able to do the steps. Right. And, uh, you know, I started doing things differently this time. Like I sat beside this guy in the morning meeting. His name was Newton Bill. You know, he died with like 63 or 64 years of sobriety. Oh, wow. Like he met Bill Wilson. Like, that's how long this guy was. Right. It was, we called him, he's like, he was like a legend. Like, he's one of the greatest old timers I've ever met. Like, he was like uh. an old Navy guy and he swore and talked about women the wrong way. Like, well, that's <laughs> what I needed to hear when I got sober. I needed someone to talk like that so I'd stay. Right. You know, it was, it was amazing. Like, and he had this amazing sobriety. And I actually joined his home group when I first got sober. I was part of it for five years. And, you know, I did whatever Bill did because. Bill had the sobriety that I wanted, right? This long-term sobriety. He helped people all the time. And even when, at his old age, he did whatever he could. And uh, uh, that was the difference this time. I hung around the old-timers, and I followed them around to meetings, and I asked what I should do and how I should participate. And they got me into service work. And, you know, I, I was always doing something in my home group and, you know, taking the, the new guy through the big book like I was taught. And like it was being proactive in Alcoholics Anonymous, you know, and... Uh, that's the difference this time. I, I I decided to stay in the middle of the circle instead of the outside, right? And uh, it's been an absolute blessing, you know? Um, so here I am sober now a couple of years and life's going well. So what's next? Well, let's go to university. Why not? Like everyone else does. It's time yep. to start a brand new life, right? Yep. Uh, I go to, uh, go to college and I become a drug and alcohol counselor. Like it's what I know. It's my gig, right? And like, you know, so like I told you before, I had struggled in school. That was how I started off my story. Well, I didn't realize how actually like how bright and intelligent I was until I started going to college. You know, like I was able to do all the work and do all the reading and do all the essays. Like I could do it and I, and I didn't have trouble with it. And I, I didn't quit. That, like, that, that's, my, that's my life. I always quit. Like it got too hard. I stopped. I'll try the next thing. Right. And, uh, you know, because of that, you know, ever since 2017, I've worked with struggling alcoholics and addicts. Yeah, that's like I'm a like I'm a, support, a home support worker right now. Like I get to have personal relationships with people in addiction, and I get to help them on a daily basis get through life. You know, like every once in a while, we talk about recovery. You know, yeah. hopefully one time one person will like catch on. And, Maybe they want to get sober, right? And that's why I do it. Like, I want people to have exactly the life that I have, right? Like, the three kids that were taken from me that I wasn't allowed to see are now a part of my life, and they have been the last 12 years, right? Like, they become a grandfather soon. Like, oh, wow, congrats. Youngest daughter is goes to university. She calls me on a daily basis. Like, people that didn't want me in their life before I got sober count on me on a daily basis. Like, I'm responsible and reliable and accountable, and that's all because of, like, the program Alcoholics Anonymous, right? And uh, yeah, I'm, I just have a super blessed life. And, you know, like nothing's impossible. You know, I get up, I connect to a power greater than myself and I go about my day, right? And it's like, I don't, I, I, I just, I won't, I can't talk any highly, more highly about the program. Like it's absolutely gave me a life that I could not ever imagine having, you know, like 
part of my story too is when I was loaded, I would like read the big book. Like it was crazy. And I would want to rewrite it because it didn't make sense to me that like the way it was, right? Like it was, I just had like all these little funny stories that I had when I got loaded with that last time, right? Like I didn't think that the program was going to, would work for me or was, or I deserved to come back. That was the other thing. I had a hard time coming back because like all these people helped me. They're not going to want me to come back, you know? And that wasn't the truth. Like I had an old timer say to me, like, the only person that should be upset with you is you. Like, we all love you. We all want you to be okay, right? And uh, that's that's just my truth, right? Like, I have a friend. Uh, he was in the recovery house. So I'll tell you a quick little story. I walk into this recovery house that first day. This gentleman walks by me, you know, kicks his table, walks up to the back door and slams the door. And I ask Gary, the guy who ran the house, I'm like, who's that? And the guy, we call him Angry Luke. I'm like, Angry Luke? Oh, wow. Like, how so long have you been sober for? And he's like, nine months so i said so you can be angry and sober in this house and gary's like yeah that's one of the reasons i stayed i'm like i was angry and i at the time and i wanted to be sober so it made total sense to me right and uh Mm -hmm. you know like my buddy luke was able to stay sober for like 25 or 26 months and he struggled the last 10 years and i watched this person who i love struggle with addiction you know he's almost died five six seven times and i've got to call where i had to rush to the hospital and you know like watch Luke be on life support again. And, uh, you know, like that's another reason I stay sober, right? Like I don't want that to be my story. That's not how I want my, my life to end, right? Like I want to die a sober death. And, uh, you know, I had that conversation with a guy today who's very well on his way out. Like he's, mm. his, his time here is almost not, you know, like he's, yeah. he's a heavy user and it's like, I have a hard time with him because I can see, like I can just see like he has no will to live anymore. Right. Like, yeah, he has this every day wants to use, use, use it. Yeah. So my message is, is if you're suffering, you know, you don't have to like there's people that want to help you get well. And that's that's just the truth. Of it. Cause I had a lot of people reached their hand out when I got sober and like wanted to help me do whatever it took to get sober. Right. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And like I get to do stuff like this and I like know like how people like all these people on this on the Facebook page that we have that are like want to be part participate on this page and have like positive message all the time. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff I live for today. And, uh, you know, I have friends like you that I never get, I haven't met yet. Like one day I'm going to fly out and meet you guys. Like that's the, that's the, that's, that's the, that's the, that's the, the gifts I get today. Right. Like I get to do those kind of things. Right. And, uh, yeah, have a, yeah, absolutely my family. Yeah. You sure are. And, uh, just, I, I just, I just really love my life and I'm like, I'm just so blessed. Right. And, uh, I just want to thank you for letting me be a guest on the on this podcast, uh, Jason and uh, Celeste. Yeah, so thank you. That that that's basically my story. So thanks a lot. Uh, very inspirational, John. Wow, John, wow. incredible, incredible. I think I nodded the whole time. Like there are so many parts that I can relate to. You know, it's very powerful and very inspiring, John. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, no worries. It's it's been my pleasure. All right. Again, John, you know what? I, I just got to give a quick little shout out to John. Um, we've been friends on Facebook for two years and probably the last six months or so. Every morning I wake up and I see a message from John and it's a little meme that, and it says, <laughs> good morning, Jason. And it's every day. <laughs> and uh, it's such a small thing, but I really do appreciate receiving that from you, John. I just had to say <laughs> you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Um, again, like, and I know I get a little tongue tied sometimes and um, just going back a bit, like you, you get to know people in, addic- in addiction and, and, and you hear their stories and they're heartbreaking that 
but when I went, I, I went to Vancouver myself for treatment at Together We Can, which is an amazing place. Oh, uh, TWC, yeah. Yeah. That, that was the first time I actually got to meet people in recovery. Mm-hmm. So, so when you hear the stories from people in recovery, it's so much different. Like you get to see the sparkle in their eye, their dreams, their they're, they're, they're reuniting with their families. They're getting their credit back. And, you know, it's, it's such a, it's, it's such a different world from, from people in addiction. Oh, hundred oh, percent. Hope. I think, I think one of the biggest things is hope. Yeah, absolutely. Hope. Yeah. And, and, and hope is like, it's like a, it's, it's like a catch or something. I, I find hope spreads. That's what I found the first time, like Jay, you said it was in Vancouver. The first time I, I ever really, um, you know, it was surrounded by people in recovery was my first NA meeting. And that's the one thing, the one feeling I remember is walking in that room and within two minutes of hearing people speaking, I had hope. And that's Absolutely. what got me hold on, I think. And know what I love about hope? Like, the, like hope for me means like hold on, pain ends. Like, exactly. Oh, yeah. it, it is, it's, there's, a better, there's a better tomorrow, right? Like the other thing that Newton Bill used to say to me, like, he'd always end the meeting, he got to share last, was the best is yet to come. Hold on, mm-hmm. youngsters. The best is yet to come, and like that's what I live for. Like the best is yet to come, right? A hundred percent. You know what? That might be our tagline for the end of these podcasts. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like that actually. I really yeah. do. Yeah, yeah. I really do. John, thank you so much again. And yeah, thank you. Incredible and, story, John. As you heard, the best is yet to come. So thank you everyone for listening. Uh, anybody who wants to be part of this, um, please get in touch with uh, anybody on our group, which is Fall Downs, Misfits and Warriors or, or through Spotify or however you listen to this podcast. And I love you guys and I really, really appreciate your stories. Thank you. Thank you so much. Love you both. Have a good night. You Bye too, for guys. Thanks All for right. hearing John again. Bye for now. All right. Hey, okay, so it's over. <laughs> So I'm I'm going to uh, um, I'm going to uh, like I got a little tongue tied at the beginning. I'm going to just leave it in there. Who cares, right? Who cares? I think it was fine. I'm even laughing at you. I think that yeah. was <laughs> John. That was awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, it'll be posted tonight. Okay. I think that's. I was going to say something quickly when I have you guys here. I've already asked. I'm going to find out this Thursday, but. I have a few friends that want to be part of my cake this year that can't. And I was going to ask my group if I could, uh, if I created my own Zoom account, if I could have them uh, participate. Oh, that if, would- that, if that comes about, would you guys want to have the link for that? Yeah, 100%. Uh, God, 100%. if you want, we'll even put it on the page. Yes. Yeah, so that would be my 12-year cake. So. Oh, my God. A 12-year cake, John? We're not missing that for the world. Let's right. get Zoom account yeah. going. Can you imagine, again, can you imagine the hope that you would spread, you know, yeah. by having a link on our page with you getting a 12-year cake? And the cool thing this year is actually my sobriety date falls on my my cake night. So Oh, wow. Oh. Well, it doesn't kinda, get any better than that, then. But that's kind of cool, right? So, John, mm-hmm. I'll be there. Awesome. 100%. You send us the link, and I will be there, my friend. Awesome. All right. You have a good night. I need to go inside. I can't feel my hands. So. 